get away from the star! Move it! Move it! Move it! Move it! Move it! Don't try to get through, because we're ready to bounce on you! Welcome to another episode of Neighbors Trash. I'm Paul, and Kelly's here, and today we're talking about Don Bluth films. Specifically, anything that we want to talk about with them. Yeah, there's no rankings in this episode. Now, see, we did the Simpsons ranking, which I think was a good. And um, I'm glad we had a good talk. Joe, it was a lot of fun having Joe on there. Um, I just think that for, I, I, you know, um, I don't know if it's in the spirit of what we do to rank things because it feels very unnatural. Um, and, but it's fun for those episodes. Like, I think when we do those episodes, you should keep doing that. I think we should keep ranking them. Okay. Yeah. Um, good to know. I just don't think that's what we are doing now. But I, I think, see. like, I think rank, like, we don't want to be a ranking show. That's not our show. Mm-hmm. But like, um, but those are kind of separate from what we usually do anyway. But that's that is true. Um, because those are the Simpsons ones, and that's, and then I was, yeah, I I like that one that we did because it's funny to me because it's like I was planning for this bloodbath. And we had a very nice conversation. I think we all were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, we're like, you guys aren't going to like what I have to say. Yeah. Like, oh, we, we genuinely do. Yeah. Everybody okay. agreed or was very respectful. Of, uh, <laughs> so I think we, we'll, we'll throw a badger and there's something to rile people up there for the next one. Not that I don't, I think that it's nice to have nice conversations. Yeah. Uh, that are friendly and fun and great and. Uh, we're gen- we're argumentative by nature so i think that's the problem <laughs> um but we're talking today about don bluth don bluth is a man he's from texas and utah um he's possibly mormon he's he's weirdly religious <laughs> we didn't do much research <laughs> well he was mormon because it said that he went to the church of the latter-day saints as a that's- child Okay, that's what I thought, and then he did some missionary stuff. My concern with that was that there was it was never clarified whether or not he is still Mormon. Not that that matters, I guess. Um, it doesn't really come up in anything he does. Like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I don't know for sure. I don't know. I there were a few Mormons that went to um, college with me. And I felt like personality-wise, it's similar to mm-hmm. Catholics sometimes. <clears throat> but I wouldn't be surprised if people that like left the religion made fun of it just like Catholics do. That could be. And I mean, you're born into it. I don't know it, enough and... to say that either. Yeah. So. You're born into it and, uh, and then you just kind of do it for a while until it's like, this is weird. And then you stop. Yeah. That's what we all do. We did that as Catholics. We just all all did the catholic things and for me i'm just like well this is i guess this is just what happens right now didn't really even consider it for a while sorry what no nothing nothing at all it went down the wrong pipe that's what happened i i'm not questioning yeah Uh, you're looking at you can take those crackers with you and shove it (laughs) i got some crackers (laughs) That was part of my snack. Oh, okay. Well, that's that snack I was talking about earlier, possibly off episode. I can't remember now. You what? Oh, yeah, of course. Sorry. Technical errors. Errors. Technical needs. Get out of your hair now. 
can't believe those, er- those errors happened. <laughs> so sorry about those errors, everyone. We are leaving <laughs> them in so that you can get a feel for the errors. Um, so yeah, there is a lot of things to be said about that, um, about his Mormonism and whether or not it's important. He was a, a he idolized Walt Disney, um, worked for Disney for a while, did some uh, key animation uh, sequences early on, and uh, yeah, was a big uh, Disney guy um, until he started doing his own stuff. And we're going to talk a little bit, I suppose, today about some of that stuff. So the original thing was, because my thing was, I, I was pulled up and I was like, Don Bluth, you know, he's around, everyone knows him. I didn't really, I guess I didn't really know which movies he did. Cause I thought like, it's kind of that thing where it's like, did he, I thought he was great mouse detective and there's other, there's like, some that look similar. Yeah. Like they're all, I think pretty much if it's not an actual Disney movie, people kind of assume it's Don Bluth mm-hmm. because that's the second big name that people think of. Um, so I think that it, and they do look similar and like I think yeah. of them even though it's not it's not correct but you think of them as off-brand Disney mm-hmm. so you're like oh off-brand that's Don Bluth. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's off-brand Disney and it's like it's yeah, it's the uh the Kmart brand Disney <laughs> products and um yeah, I, I but it's funny to me because I was like, that'd be fun. I know some of his films. Not only did I not know which ones he did, but like I all of these were like staples, and I'm sure everybody's childhood. Um, but we watched all of these movies um yeah. constantly. And I think too, because it's like, you know, seeing the um the all dogs go to heaven cover it just like automatically sparks something and it's because it was so like that's how it got popular was home video yeah it's just like everybody had that hard case with that cover like i just when i saw it it's just like that's what i that's what i remember about i don't remember i watched the movie we'll talk about that later um i watched it and it's like none of that registered as something i'd seen before but i Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> no, you go. I was going to say same for me, but I don't I don't think that I watched this as much as you did. I what I remember of this movie is just that hardcover because I would take it and I would trace the characters on it on another piece of paper and that was like the thing I did. Oh uh, yeah. It was like I used to do that with the Simpsons books as well. It was just like that was my big thing. So I don't think I even watched this one. It was like more like, oh, I'll take this while you guys do that and I'm not convinced. We'll both be doing something. I'm not convinced. I ever watched this after watching it again because maybe it's we like, both looked at the the cover. I think we both time. liked the cover because, yeah. like, I like well, I watched Land Before Time and I watched uh, Rockadoodle. Rockadoodle. Yeah. I, I remembered every single thing that happened in that. Rockadoodle. Um, we definitely watched a million times as kids. Yeah. Like we we would watch that on repeat. There are like specific scenes like the uh where the the bird signs his name with the pie that I'm just like that's like stuck in my head because I just yeah. I love the animation of and how that looked and like I just like but it's like there was nothing that surprised me in there. It's like I didn't I couldn't have if you sat me down before I watched it, I probably couldn't tell you I couldn't tell you beat by beat what happened. But as I was watching, I was like, this I this feels like I've seen this a thousand times. Yeah. Um, 
And it's so I, I agree about the part with the, where they're so, like saying in their names with their hands because it's so satisfying because he gets the jelly all over his hand. He throws it down and it's the perfect print. Yeah. Like on the paper and like it's all, of all of them. And then I love when Chanticleer's reading it later and he like says all their names. He's like, it's yeah. papers. Yeah. It's oh my <laughs> God. That was, that was a beautiful moment. Yeah. Um, and I think it's funny that we both consider it jam or like pie because he's eating lasagna. That's and right. Every time Which, he says that, I'm like, it, it looks like they animated a pie and then decided at the last minute it wasn't pie. But <laughs> what's funny is that that lasagna he's eating looks exactly like the pizza that they gave us. I'm putting pizza in oh, quote marks yeah. that they gave us at our our uh, NCS school. Remember, because they would just give us stuff that they got from the hospital across the street, <laughs> and so it was like that generic pizza that was yeah. like it was lasagna, but that's how it looked. It was like stacked up like that. It was it wasn't yeah. any type of pizza, but it was called it Pizza Day when kind. we got it. Like I don't know if they were trying deep dish or what, but it was clearly like lasagna with like pizza toppings of some sort inside. Yeah, I feel just... like I could tell like feel like i could tell you how it tasted kind of and i always loved it but it was hospital food like yeah <laughs> they had some kind of deal with the hospital across the street they must have just like give us your leftover food what a weird <laughs> place we'll talk more about it says one day when we're doing our deep dive into but that's uh, what i was gonna say too about um all dogs go to heaven is I don't think it was in our rotation. I think it was in our friend's rotation. Mm. And that's why we know the cover so well, but we didn't really watch it. Cause like, I remember that being at, at their house. Yeah. So that that's was so like theirs and so ours was rock a doodle. And um, we had Anastasia, but that, that was kind of a later movie. That Yeah, that was later. And um, I watched Anastasia and I like Anastasia, but I don't really even consider it one that I, I remember watching a lot as a kid. Like for me, it's like if I'm thinking kids' movies, it was it was Rockadoodle, it was uh that freaking cats don't dance movie. Oh, um, we watched that all the time. All yeah. the freaking time. Um I'm trying to think <laughs> what's eating Gilbert and Grape. Yeah, that uh, was in our rotation. Powder <laughs> was in our rotation, and so was um Tiny Toons music videos. Oh, that I, I would love to talk about that again because I, that's one of those things that like, here's what I was worried about. And this is because like Rockadoodle is one of those movies that I think I even said, like, I think I'm going to watch Rockadoodle again. I not, I, I've not seen this since we watched as a kid, as kids. And someone was like, oh no, don't watch it. I don't think they necessarily had seen it, but they're like, don't watch it. Like, that's one of those movies you watch again and you'll realize that it wasn't very good. And I watched this yesterday and I had a really good time. And I think Rockadoodle is good. Um, I do too. I, I think it's fun. I really like like. There's parts of it that I get. I don't even know. Like I, like the live action stuff is kind of dumb, but it doesn't. It's not that long. Like it's just the beginning, and then like I don't. I guess I don't fully understand why the kid needed to turn into a cat. But who cares? Except for that, they wanted to do that. Like, uh, and the live owl action. said he could eat a cat. He couldn't eat a boy. Yeah, but like, why couldn't he just start out as a cat? Did it? Did he have to not be able? Well, to Well, I actually know the answer to this. Okay. Well, why they did it this way is, um, he was obsessed with Who Framed Roger Rabbit at the time, mm -hmm, where they right mm -hmm. before they made this, and so he wanted to try that style where it went from trying to mix animation yeah, with yeah, yeah. Live, live action. action. 
So um, I think that he kind of compromised because he doesn't like it's not like who framed Roger Rabbit was like that the whole time. Mm-hmm. But I think it was like him kind of trying it out. Where he's like, I, I could do that, you know? I think you're right because it's like it's not very long in there, but it's definitely like because what is it? Isn't it like it hadn't been attempted since Roger Rabbit? Like it's not like a it didn't take off like it was, it, it you know, Roger Rabbit was this huge success and then it just sort of didn't really come back. And I mean, this movie wasn't any sort of success, but like this is one of the first animated features yeah. that used it for a lot of, for a long time. Does Space Jam mix as much, or would we say that that's real people in a animation world more than the other way around? Well, it's the same idea, though, because yeah. it's like they do a lot of that in those sequences where they're coming out of the ground and sneaking into the house, and that's definitely that. But I think Rocket Doodle is 91. What was Space Jam? Space Jam must have been like six, 96 or 7. Yeah. So it's just like it started coming back again because then you got all those crappy like when 3d animation started becoming big you got like every single animated film based off of like an old old uh ip was was that live action style they did like the tom and jerry they did garfield and like oh yeah the chipmunks like everything was just starting it's like this just do that but live action and it always had uh what's that guy's name james uh maz uh marston Mars, yeah, who's always in it? He's in the Sonic one too. That's true. He is always in it. I think because he's just got that charismatic face that kind of yeah. blends with uh, animated CGI characters. They're like, who can we find of all these like men? That's like who's got the smile that goes from normal could... man to CGI. <laughs> he could he, be CGI. He, yeah, that's the thing. He could be CGI. He's got a very Disney expression and he's just like he's a good straight man because he is funny like he's really funny on 30 rock and the thing is like that's always his sort of delivery and he plays it so well he doesn't really try anything new when he's funny he's just doing more comical things and it works but like he's always great uh we all agree of course that he got screwed over and the x-men he got murdered and then his girlfriend was stolen from him. Um, it's a very sad. I don't sad. like him in X-Men. Well, no one does, um, which sucks because it's like he could do a good job with it. You don't have to hate Cyclops, you know? Like, I know. He, he doesn't have to be a dick, but they were like, they really played it up. And then they gave it to an actor that's like, could totally be charming. <laughs> yeah. And, like they that, That's what dick. I always say. I say the same thing. I'm like, why is James Marsden an X-Men, but not being charismatic? Right. I hate it. Cause like the, I think my favorite part of him in 30 rock is when Liz is giving the um, speech at the Jack's wedding mm-hmm. and he's the only one in the audience laughing at all the jokes. Like she'll say something and he's just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> out there and I'm like, I love it so much. Yeah. It was such a perfect match for, for uh, Liz. And uh, he just seems like unembarrassed to do anything. Like he did like all of hairspray. He does, he fully commits to all the dances and the humorness. Yeah. Because he's clearly like this, like, he's probably a really, like, cool, laid-back guy in he's person. He's got to be, yeah. And then you're just like, he'll just do anything. He'll do anything. He was great in the Sonic movies. He was, I haven't uh, seen the Sonic He's movies. a blast. Um, I bet. 
the second one is bizarre. We won't talk about the second Sonic movie because nobody will watch the first one in my circle. Not and I'm not saying like I'm the only human who's watched it. It's just it's a very popular movie. And I can't convince another soul that I know to watch it. And not, not even to talk about it. Just like, yeah, I had a good time. I laughed three times at the first one. Three That's times. amazing. Like, out loud you know like you'll be you'll be enjoying something and tickled by something but you don't necessarily laugh i laughed out loud three times that's great and i'm sure you've texted me several times to watch sonic the movie and i'm sorry that i have not done it yet it's just like if you want a nice relaxing evening (laughs) i'm not wanting to have a conversation there's nothing to talk about okay good we're not gonna have one i'm just saying if you want to want to just have a nice time just watch the sonic movie Anyway, um, so that that became more popular and it still is pretty popular. Like that's, you know, CGI with the it's not a novelty anymore, which is nice because I think that's what always happens is you get a bunch of these like novelty ones at first because it's like, look what we did. And now they're like, these actually have to be good now, you know? Yeah. Um, So I think we're getting into that. But back to Rockadoodle. um, They did attempt this and I can definitely see. Um, Don Booth seems to wear his uh, his influences on his sleeve a little bit in a good way. Um, and he like, I don't know, I just like the animation is really impressive. What I always like about these movies and just talking about Rockadoodle in particular is that the voices are like they're fun, but they're never like obnoxious, like in a, a kid's movie style. Like, I feel like the voice actors uh that they have like uh like charles nelson riley in rockadoodle where it's like that's he does such a fun job with it that like i'm not annoyed by that character like that character could so easily be annoying that little uh that little owl that does all like the dirty work. oh okay yeah um like he could so easily be obnoxious and like a lot of the characters in a lot of these movies could so easily be obnoxious, especially since they're a lot of them are voiced by children, but they never are. Yeah. Like, it's like, I like the dialogue enough and it's like, I don't know. I just like, I think that they do a good job with that. And Rockadoodle is, uh, especially, uh, sweet in my opinion, because of, of Rockadoodle himself, Chanticleer, uh, who is just a good character. Like, it's funny that it's like how shitty they treated him at the beginning because it's like they it's turned like, on him so fast. And like, it's just like he's this fun guy who's writing all these songs and like everybody loves him and like they're swooning over him. And then one day they're like, wait, the sun came up and he didn't do anything. You're a fraud. They called him a phony and a fraud. And they fucking booed him out of town. And not because he did anything wrong, but because they realized that. And it's like, he's writing all these songs and he's so happy to entertain people. Like he's such a, he deserves so much better, but like, that's another character where I'm like, you could so easily make that such a shithead character. Yeah. And he was so sweet and kind and he cared about his friends so much. He was just like, I understand. Well, what was also funny about that is like, sure, the sun comes up and Chanticleer leaves. But then after that, the whole point of the movie is that the sun won't come up because Chanticleer has gone. Mm-hmm. 
So you're like, okay, so obviously you guys were wrong. They yeah. never admit that they're wrong. They don't. It's kind of like, we want him back even though he's a phony. But I was like, is he though? Because the sun stopped coming up, y'all, until we got Sean to clear back. Doesn't seem like he's a phony. and I mean, he's so talented that he, within like... I don't know how long he was supposed to be gone, but he became a star. Yeah. Like, not it didn't take him that long. Like, he's got a lot of talent, and he was so happy to come back with his friends, and he just wants to be loved, and yeah. he cares about people. And, like, I just, I just like how, like, they could have made him, like, a jerk character, and he was just, like, such a sweet, cool guy um, that I just... It just makes me so happy. That's kind of what I remember feeling when I watched this as a kid. I was just like, I just, I like how we get to see some characters you don't always get to see, especially in kids' movies. Yeah. Um, and like, you do kind of get some traditional, you know, you get some tropey stuff. But I'd even say like, and like, for better or for worse, he likes to shove a lot of different kinds of characters in his movies and... uh and he does have tropes going from movie to movie. There's always yeah. like the big fat guy, the small uh, sidekick mm-hmm. villain is in a lot of them. And then uh, like there's very consistent characters that he chooses from. And I think yeah. also he likes to make them have like very distinct different personalities that don't necessarily get along. And some of them might even be like insanely annoying, but they're all very accepting of each other. Like you'll get that in like, um, I forget the names of all these little characters, but the the um, bird that's in a rockadoodle, the one mm. that's um, the all black one that eats the lasagna. Yeah, when he's like getting claustrophobic and he starts like hitting all the wall, like yeah. you think you don't even get annoyed at him for doing that because the characters are so understanding of it. Like at first, that's like the true. mouse is just kind of like, oh, he gets claustrophobic. Like we have to deal with this, but it's not his fault. So no one's blaming the bird. Like, <laughs> That's so true. Like, but they're like, no one's mad at him. Yeah. And they like deal with it. They get him, they tie him to the, the paddle and they make him calm down. But no one's ever like, you asshole, like, why are you doing this? It's always right. like, oh no, we, we got a situation here. It's not his fault, but it's happening. And that is consistent throughout, I think all his films. Like uh, I only watched a couple, like we had this idea to watch as many as possible, but that's just not doable really to watch like throughout the week to watch a bunch of movies all at once yeah that's but it's like yeah. we tried <laughs> but i i watched most of these like during my lunch and then i finished them when i got home that mm-hmm. was like my splitting them up but th- this also happens in land before time like you should hate sarah but you don't i know and they do such a good job of making her like I, I really like that she's like i like how much the characters you're absolutely right that they're like no matter how shitty she is, they're like, we got to help Sarah. And like, they're so sweet to like sleep with her. And it's like, like like when they're all like resting together and like snuggled up. That's so cute. And they go up one by one because she's very stubborn. That's her flaw. Yeah. And so she's stubborn. She gets stuff wrong. She was right. I think it's, it's a, um, it's supposed to be like kind of uh, showing like prejudices where, how it's taught by her parents. Cause it like starts off where she does want to play with Littlefoot. And then like her dad is like, we don't associate with long necks. And she, she repeats that back. She's like, I don't associate with long necks. And then she kind of holds that attitude going through, even though she's like, like slowly warming up to people but they let her slowly warm up it's not mm-hmm. like we're against you sarah it's like 
well, we know that you were raised to believe this. This isn't how you were like originally. So like, we know that that good's in you. Yeah. And so it is really sweet when that happens. Cause she, Ducky is the opposite where she's born. Just like, I love everybody. Everybody's got yeah. their own thing going on. And then she's the first one to accept Sarah. So Sarah is stubborn. She goes off to sleep on her own. Yeah. They slowly just go up and snuggle her. Like there's kind of so like, well, yeah. and she, she wants them to like, she yeah. likes that they did it. So it's like, they want each other, but they don't, they have to figure out how to work together. And that's like a theme throughout. It keeps happening. Yeah. I, you're so right. Cause it's like there these, a lot of these characters are like, they're like, they can be annoying. They can be off putting, but they're so kind to each other. And they're so accepting of each other's flaws. And like, I like, I really like the, <laughs> the relationship between, um, I keep when it was Ducky and, and, uh, and Petrie, like, they're just so sweet together. Like how, like, and it's that same kind of thing where they like immediately know what they need and like, oh, they, yeah. like, they need space in these situations and like, you know, oh, they get like this, but that's okay. <laughs> like it's, but it's. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, it's something you don't see in kids movies a lot where it's just like, that's, that's the lesson we're always kind of told we're supposed to learn from these things. But this is, these are one of some of the few movies where I'm just like, everybody's allowed to be themselves. Everybody's allowed to suck and like, you know, screw up and like, kind of like, you know, have time to recover and like, it's such a that's a really good lesson i think where it's like yeah it's just a really it's a really sweet like what kids movies generally feel like they should be about or always tell us they're about but it's like often it's you don't get these kind of things that's why i think i think like people who are raised um only watching disney movies or only watching maybe like christian cartoons or something mm. they're very like um they kind of shove the moral down kids' throats where there's kind of like, this is what happened. This is why it, why it happened. And this is how you should feel about it. And like, yeah. it's kind of like a step, step, step. And I think that sometimes I do feel like it was beneficial for us to grow up on movies like this. Cause it's like, maybe that is why we think the way we do now. Maybe this, like watching these shows, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Don Bluth and others like Animaniacs kind of like thinking critically and going through stuff and kind of like learning. Cause I think that I maybe did learn some of that, like how to deal with other people through these movies, like watching yeah. them back now. Like that's not something I obviously like picked up on as a kid and was like, I'm going to treat people that way because of them. But I think you see all these personality types and then you see those personality types in other kids at school and yeah. then you're like, oh, that's how I deal with this. And then I think that, like, thinking back on, like, all the friendships I had now, yeah. I'm like, that is how I dealt with people. And I think that's why I had, like, a lot of different – I had a lot of different friends groups in, yeah. like, middle school and high school. And I'm like, I guess that's probably why. It's because I was like, oh, this is – I'm reacting this way to this person because I can see this personality trait in them. And I'm like, oh, I can kind of blend with that. Yeah, for sure. And like, oh, yeah, go ahead. It's just thinking back on it now. It's like, I, I was obviously not thinking that like while I was in school, I'm not like, oh, you have this. And so I'm going to do that. But I think naturally you just see that. And like, you're like, oh, yeah. I did pick up on that. You're right. And it's like, that's, that's exactly how you learn things as a kid. You're like, you see something and like, maybe you don't fully comprehend that that's what it's doing, but it's just like, you see that and you're like, yeah, that is like, I'm not going to just shun someone because 
you know something is a little off-putting you know like it's just like that's cool that's a good lesson and that is a lesson throughout these whole movies and i was thinking about this when i was watching all dogs go to heaven which i don't think is a good movie and like nothing like i just don't think it it works very well um but one thing I did really like about it and sort of it, and I don't think it, it does this as well as either, any of these other movies, but I think like it, like it doesn't make it. So the main characters are necessarily have to be seen as good people or yeah. having even redeemed themselves. <laughs> like they are pretty terrible people all the way through, like uh, to the end. And like, you're you're still rooting for them because the person the other person is worse you know (laughs) like that but that's about it like they're not good people they constantly screw up um and it's like he's the the it doesn't really seem like the main character learns any sort of real lesson um you know he's just sort of still manipulates people and like you know like one of the final scenes is him um this is I guess hard to explain if you have, haven't seen it or haven't seen it for a while. Yeah, this but, isn't one I rewatched, but but I'm the whole thing is that the the dog died. That he went to doggy heaven, and there's all these watches, and he stole a watch and was able to, you know, change it so that it turned back time and he was alive again. And he kept the watch, so he's got the stopwatch with him. But I think the idea was it's like okay, now if you lose this, you're you're dead and you can't come back to heaven. So it's very important that he gets it. And then at the end, there's this whole thing where he's like him and the, the little girl have a falling out. Cause she, she, she realizes that he's not really like there to help her. He's trying to get money. Um, and like they have this whole falling out, something floods. She's like starting to sink. He saves her, but it's this thing where he, like he saves her, pulls her up from the water, just throws her on this like plank of wood and pushes her like to who knows where. And it's like rushing current that's going out to nowhere. Then he dives down to get the watch. And it just made me laugh because it's like you're seeing it as it's like his decision. Like he's gonna save himself. He's gonna sacrifice himself to save this little girl. That's all thing. But he's still like he just oh, that's funny. her and like still goes after the thing he wants. Like he did sort of do the right thing because at least he attempted to save her but he still um he still went out you know like he was still going off of his like selfish impulses and i just i really like that because i just like that it's like these other movies you're just seeing like a character that you're you do like and can identify with because we all know that person too that person exists not everybody's gonna have a a turnaround moment sometimes you have you know a person that just is always awful that even in some instances you might even still like yeah it's kind of like this person's always going to make the wrong choice and i either have to be okay with that or i have to not talk to them anymore that's 100 percent it like and you know it's like you know at least you think you know that that's like they're a good person and they try occasionally and uh but it's just like, yeah, just seeing that where like, yeah, you I mean, it's almost hard. It's like, I don't know why I'm rooting for this person. And like, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I appreciate that, I guess. Cause it's like, you don't see that uh, often, especially in, in Disney, if we're comparing it to Disney movies, which is easy to do because it's like, th- these are the, 
like you said earlier, like these are the movies that you grew up with. It's like, right. You know, like you in interchangeably, like we obviously grew up on a lot of Disney movies too, but like, of course, but it's just funny that it's like, yeah, these are the, these are the sort of the alternatives. And <laughs> here's like, I just, it's a whole new sort of thing being told. And um, yeah. Um, I did, I, you know, all dogs is interesting to watch. It's just not, and the songs are, the songs are the hardest thing to get through in that whole. Are they bad songs? They're just, yeah. And it's like, they've got like the actors, um, uh, Burt Reynolds and I can't remember the other guy, but like, they're the ones singing them. Oh, really? They're just not good singers. And I think it's supposed to sort of be charming. It's like Jack Nicholson singing, uh, go to the mirror boy and Tommy where it's like not supposed to be good. Um, but it's like, I don't think they quite captured that same idea, like, or like Bob for Bob's burgers and like those characters where it's like, they'll sing and it's not good, but like, you're, it's still charming. I, I love because... his voice though. Every yeah. time H John Benjamin sings, I, I would listen to like him just sing a bunch of covers I yeah. think him singing 99 Red Balloons is like, I get so excited when that comes on. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh, yes, it's perfect. I would buy like a whole a whole CD of him doing covers. <laughs> There's but things. to add to what you were saying, I think that on top of like all these characters, like the, with annoying personalities or awful personalities, mm-hmm. they're also ugly physically, which is amazing <laughs> mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. watch. Because I, you don't see, that's something that just does not happen in Disney movies. If yeah. a character is ugly, they're a villain. It's not, you don't see an ugly character that's a good character in Disney. Yeah, yeah. But you do in this, you see it repeatedly until you're just like, all right, I like this person's ugly and I like it. <laughs> yeah. This is, is great. It's so true. They're, they're, they're sometimes hideous and like... It, all dogs is a huge example of that where like the main character is gross and like <laughs> ha- has a mole and like not that that's gross but you know it's just like you don't put that on a character but they're in not animation pretty. Yeah. that is supposed to be like the main character like you put that on the you know the villain character or like the henchman or something and like yeah yeah the the characters are ugly and and none of like the animation style is is ugly in a, in a really good way like in a just, cute way yeah because even like even the cute characters aren't really that cute when you look at them yeah like Fievel is not that cute of a mouse like he's got <laughs> yeah. like it he's got kind of an ugly face he's got ugly ears banjo the woodpile cat ugly cat ugly but cat, you love yeah. these characters so much that they're adorable like it just like and then you kind of remember them as adorable you're like yeah. oh that cute little mouse then you see five and you're like Ugh, right. yeah. <laughs> they're always like different co- like i always thought it was weird that sarah's head is different colored than her body like yeah it's like a lighter a lighter brown than the body and it's just like she's a not a, like that's not a model of a character that's like cute or anything it's a pretty ugly model and like they're all but the exception of Ducky, I think they're all pretty ugly, like the dinosaurs. Yeah, like Ducky too is like, I guess has a lot of exaggerated features. But yeah, it ends up being pretty cute. But still, like, she's got the big eyes. I think that's what makes her like yeah. cuter than the rest of them. But <laughs> yeah, it's funny to think that any of these characters would be like action figures or like dolls you could buy. <laughs> like, yeah. They're all so ugly. And then it's, 
it gets to the point where when you watch Rockadoodle, it's weird that they're attractive. So it's weird to see Chanticleer and Goldie because you're yeah. like, that's bizarre because everyone else is ugly. Yeah. The Duke's ugly, of course. And then all the little, the all the little uh, extra like, characters that are on the mission, all <laughs> ugly. Yeah. They're but all they're all, you. they're the best. But it's just kind of like, it's like, oh, it's weird to see pretty. Like, it's like that. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, this makes more sense. It would be like, it's kind of like going back to like old 80s movies where they actually let ugly people be in movies. Mm -hmm. You're just kind of like, oh, it was awesome to watch a, like an 80s movie and see like the lead actress be like an ama like amazing looking woman, amazing looking guy as the two leads. And mm -hmm. then everybody else, because that's how it is. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, and then a bunch of like everyday normal people. Now when you watch movies, everybody's hot. And you're like, yeah. this is insane and i hate it so much it doesn't work and you don't get those funny little moments i think because the, it's too much attractive people and not like trying to be funny that's not the way to put it but it's just like uh, in roles that you're like that's not an attractive person wouldn't be doing this so yeah. it's not funny to me because it's like you're trying to do this role but it's just like it's not anything that like somebody in that position would not be an attractive person necessarily exactly and uh, Wait, yeah and they're always roles that just don't require it at all like you're That's just kind of like yeah you're like why is the librarian hot why is the guy yeah. at the dmv hot like you don't it doesn't and it's just not interesting anymore because you're like all right, all right uh. and it was just so fun to watch 80s movies and just have like the ugliest person in the world just be like i'm here too yeah, with the most like disgusting but distinctive voice and like just yeah. all doing all these things are just like it stands out to you so much. Yeah, they lean on they lean on ugly in these movies, and that's I appreciate that a lot. You know, as as uh, we've done two Simpsons uh, seasons now, it's like those are ugly. They're ugly, ugly characters. They're ugly models. They're you know they've got they've got overbites they they hunch over they've got weird hair like i just it, i appreciate things like that because you do i think it really speaks to how how powerful the writing is for the characters that you can make something like that seem so like commercial yeah because it's like it is ugly but it's like in this way that's like and that, that's a lot, like, I think more with, like, 90s cartoons, probably for today, too. I don't necessarily know. I just don't keep up with it that much. But I'm thinking, like, you know, like those Rugrats or Rocco's Modern Life or those movies. Ugly those, as hell. Yeah. Oh, they're hideous. Like Ugly babies. But I Best think babies I've ever seen. What kind of accents it a little bit more is that it's de it's done in the Disney style. This is Disney animation. It's a Disney yeah. animator that, like, is doing <laughs> these characters that are... So look and move like Disney characters in worlds that look sort of like Disney characters, but they're hideous worlds. They get to just be normal. Yeah. yeah. Like I know I kept saying hideous too, but I don't even think they're hideous. I think they're just normal looking. And you're just kind of like, oh, That's this true. like yeah. average looking thing is just walking <laughs> around just like they should be. Yeah. And it's fine. Like as you brought up Simpsons too, I think that's where they also failed going into later seasons is that they prettied up everything. Yeah. Except for the characters that were already established. Every time they brought in like a a guest star, they were just, they changed their style so much that they just like tried to make it look like them. Kind yeah. of more family guy like style. And then like, you're just like, all right, this other pretty person comes in. 
Simpsons go to Japan. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's where they failed too, because they stopped letting their characters be ugly too. Yeah, and, and the I, I think people get bored. I think so too. I think it's like, yeah, it's it definitely like we were talking about before. There's just so many scenes to me that that stand out that I'll remember forever just because I think they're so interesting looking and I I don't even yeah like you said hideous ugly I don't think these are the correct words I think they're just like kind of yeah we just got used to saying it and then we're like oh they're but yeah but they're interesting they're like they're unique they're yeah that's the word they're they're interesting and unique looking yeah like I I just think that like I like that like there's parts of them missing or there's growths or there's like you know, that's our thing. Yeah, it's I, it's easy to just say that's hideous or bad. It's just, but I guess if you're comparing it though to how Disney does it and how other very clean animations, especially kids stuff, yeah, does it. it's just like it's it's cool. It stands out, and it I really do think it <clears throat> it means more, and it definitely had more influence on me, like drawing and and coming up with characters. I like to, you know, when I'm doing animations and stuff, I like to do really kind of rough animations that like you know just give it a yeah little you got bit ugly character. little dudes i know and like that's i always i love that that whole philosophy of it just like i like making characters that are like grotesque and like again like in a like compared to how you would traditionally draw like they don't have necks and they're they've got scrawny little legs and like yeah like it's like <laughs> you know the comic um it's called pants but or it's called oh, pants, pants mr yeah. joshua it's yeah. the, like these like old grandpa looking guys and they're the cutest little things to me because mm-hmm. they're they're always saying like the cutest little things but they're just the ugliest little things too at the same time yeah it works i yeah. love them so much like i just what i like want to collect them all and just like i want them all over my house like they're the best <laughs> things i've ever seen uh like there's just one comic where like the old like this little old one is going over like these cobblestones with the apples he's like stay up the cobblestones you fool <laughs> and i'm like that's the cutest thing i've ever seen it's so great and i love it it's like shell silver suit sort of style and like yeah it is i i love it so much he uh, uh he commented on one of my tweets <gasps> really yeah, long time ago because i made a I, it was when the Cavs won the um the finals in 2016 and i he said like oh the score is going to be this and i said that's close or it was reverse or something and then he said something i don't remember what but it's not important that was a magical moment (laughs) (laughs) that's one of those things it's like i never comment on anything i was like i'm gonna comment on this guy yeah he was very nice so i always appreciated him <laughs> i feel like almost they can sense the people that don't actually usually comment and they're like i'll respond to this one i think you're right because yeah like i i almost never do and that one i felt like it was just like i was like genuinely excited it's like you were really close to the right score and i bet too because he was like nobody said that i was really close to the right <laughs> score like <laughs> I'm so, waiting. And I like looked and I was like, no one said that. So I decided to say it. And I That's feel like funny. we bonded. Um, <laughs> but then I deleted it because I delete every tweet <laughs> that I've ever done. Um, that's unimportant. So let's talk up more about. I well, had one more thing to say about oh, the, yeah. the ugliness of characters. Um, so that's what I, I was kind of annoyed because on even the ones I didn't watch, I read through all the IMDb trivia of all these mm-hmm. movies. 
And so I think Anastasia is probably where they had like the biggest stars that they got to like do all the roles um, in the sense of a large ensemble. They obviously got big characters to do like one or two in yeah, all of his yeah. movies. But I think in Anastasia, it was like, it was like Meg Ryan, John Cusack, Kristen Dunst. Like it was just star studded. Yeah. And so I think that's when like the characters were, they were still a little odd looking. Like no one was like, uh, they're still like weird looking in a Don Bluth way, but the, uh, did you end up watching Anastasia? I had, I did not. I didn't have okay. time. They had, and then they had one character. Her name was Sophie. She was voiced by Bernadette Peters and she was like a big lady. She had like a, she, she was like top heavy and back heavy. So it was mm-hmm. like kind of a, uh, she would kind of like walk around her like butt would like bounce as she walked and like i guess like the the actress bernadette peters like made a like a big huff about like how her character looked compared to her and then you're just kind of like what kind of actress are you that you're mad about an animated character that you're like voicing no one thinks that's you she's like and then it like even said in the trivia she's like she was upset because at the time she was physically fit and you're like of course she's physically fit she's an actress like you're like no one was like, oh, well, Bernadette Peters really let herself go. Look at her go. I was like, really surprised when I learned that the kid that did uh, uh, Littlefoot wasn't a dinosaur. So <laughs> I get that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought that was kind of upsetting. It's just kind of like, oh, well. And then, like, you're like, I wonder how much of, like, the actors, like, actually make a push and actually win on, like, other animated stuff. Because I can see Don Bluth being like, okay, well, you said it, but I don't care. But I can see, like, other people making a big fuss if they're a big star and being like, I want my character to be just as attractive as me. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, is that why we're getting these characters? Because of egos of the actors and the actresses? Because nowadays, you don't get the voice actors like as much as you get big stars so you're like are they pushing for a hotter like animated version of themselves i'm sure they are right because it's like they it is like oh you're not going to see me i'm i'm giving my voice to this they want people to think about them when they hear the voice right um i know a lot of them say it was like oh my dumb kids wanted me to do it but like I think that's part of it. I think it's like, no, I need the character to look good so that, you know. And that's just so sad. It's like, wouldn't it be fun to just be something completely different? Isn't that like, it's like when you're watching, like, I'm sure that I I don't want to throw people under the bus that didn't probably ask for it. But it's like, if you watch like Shark Tale, you're like, oh, they made Angelina Jolie look like Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Yeah. You're just kind of like, but why? She could have just been any fish. Yeah. Like. I, I don't get that at all. I mean, that's a whole other conversation of like just voice acting in general, because I think it's like too many of these stars now. It's just like, it's not fun as fun because it's like, they're not bringing the same thing to these roles. I don't think Yeah, like that's not always true. That's like a, a lot of these movies are filled with actors, but they're usually actors that have a very distinct voice or like right. are very animated anyway. And it's like, that's what I mean more so than just someone that could do a lot of voices. Like a lot of voice actors do one voice, you know, like, um, like, uh, H. John Benjamin, he's got exactly, the one voice. But he's a voice actor. Like, exactly. Cause he, brings- it's fun. I think the difference is when you see them actually, like when you see the behind the scenes and you see them at work, like we watched that long video of Frank Welker doing all his voices. Oh yeah. Freaking amazing. It's so fun to watch H. John Benjamin because you can see him like processing through his head and getting all of the, like the, uh, the beats, right. 
And, and then like I was watching earlier on TikTok, I, I kind of got myself on voiceover TikTok, but mm-hmm. like I was watching Jodie Benson. She does the voice of Ariel and Thumbelina. Um, she was like doing the voice work and like I was watching, um, I think it was Don Bluth because Thumbelina is a Don Bluth film, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It, it was Don Bluth in the studio with her and they were like, like instructing her as they go. And I feel like you don't get that with the like major talent. Like right. I, I I keep saying that, but major they're obviously a major talent as a voice actor. It's unfortunate that it's not seen that way, but I think I, that yeah, go ahead. No, I I know what you're saying. Um yeah, and it's like they're they're definitely like they do like hundreds of takes, I think, a lot of these voice actors. And it's like, let's get the exact line, the exact reading that we want. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you're getting that the same either because I think it's a lot of like, well, I I did it and I'm a famous actor and I've done real, you know, real movies, quote unquote. It's like, yeah, again, I don't know. Like a lot of this is just based off of like, so I just thought like when you see a character and it's like, oh, hello, I'm uh, what's that guy's name? I can't think something cooper what's that man's name oh bradley cooper bradley cooper i kept wanting to say justin cooper um <laughs> so anyway bradley cooper is like does didn't does that need to be bradley cooper really like i don't know what the point is of having that actor do that voice to get somebody that's right. gonna bring a little bit more to it even if it's just like an actor that's like excited to to do that like because it's like there are people that are you know willing to put a little bit more into their voice or have very more distinct voices they're less about their look or their style or whatever and they're more about just how they sound and it's like that's fine too i just yeah i think it it is like uh it seems like it's going that i don't know if it's still going that way i don't know what's going on with these kids (laughs) it's not like but i I do feel like that in Don Bluth movies, it was more you would usually get voice actors over actor actors or voice actors that like they like specific. Like, I feel like um, Christopher Plummer's probably more of a movie star, but he w- he went all in on his characters, too. Mm-hmm. Like and then Phil Harris, I, I would I think of him as a an animated star just because he did so many big characters, but he wasn't as well. Like he was more of a movie person. Yeah, and I just think like a lot these performances are interesting, and that's why I don't I, I don't get like I was looking at Rockadoodle was like bombed, and it like didn't even seem like it sold that well in home video, and it was like on a list of like the worst um, children's movies of all time, and it's like how there's no way in hell this is even close. But it feels like everyone in your childhood loved it. So I don't know. Yeah. And I, I don't know how true that is, but it's just like, that's how I felt. And I, yeah. I watched it and I was like, you know, I've seen things that I liked as a kid or played games that I liked as a kid. And I was like, this sucks. You know, Claymates is not a good video game. Um, I'll never recapture the magic I had playing that or <laughs> more accurately, probably watching Tom play it. But like, you know, it's like, those kind of things it's like i know the difference usually between nostalgia and and genuinely enjoying something even if part of it that part of the enjoyment comes from nostalgia it's not entirely that and i'm just watching this i'm like i enjoy this story like i was saying before uh not that this is a -a rock-a-doodle podcast i just watched it last 
that um it's like i just thought it was like a compelling little story like i agree that it's not like the most they don't do a lot of stuff but i don't know they, they it's a it's fun, fun. yeah it's um what was interesting to me is that i guess when they did the first like before they showed it to test audiences there was no narration in Rockadoodle. Okay. Did you already look, did you look the same yeah, thing? No, I don't know this. So uh, they didn't narrate there. Phil Harris did the voice of Lapu, and that's it. There was like no narration throughout the whole thing. Okay. So, um, so I guess test audiences watched it. So imagine watching that and having no direction as you're going through. Cause I guess mm-hmm. originally it was just kind of like going through and then obviously, you know, the narration style. So you're like, this is me. And then this is Chanticleer. So it's funny to think of the audience watching them. And then just afterwards being like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> like if no one was directing you through that, can you yeah. imagine? Cause like, even like going back to the house, like I was paying, I had read IMDb before I rewatched the movie. So I was thinking through this as I was watching it. So I was like, was this just silence? So I was like thinking like, if I was watching it without the narration, I was like, so they would have gone from the farm to suddenly being in this real person's house yeah. and a parent reading the book, which kind of made sense. But like, then they had Lapu kind of over as being like, this is this person and this is why this is happening. You're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> I can imagine not getting that and being like, where, like, where the fuck are we? <laughs> what are like, we doing here? What's happening? <laughs> it's just, it is really funny to be thinking through it. Like it would be, you should watch it again thinking what if there was what no if narration not saying this yeah it does it does fill in a lot of uh lost inform- or you know missing information yeah because they yeah. don't tell you that much i think they re- they rely on you knowing the canterbury yeah. tales story so they're like oh they know what's going on it's kind of like maybe maybe they don't because that's why <laughs> that's why i made the comment to you earlier where I thought maybe he's not the best storyteller. He he more wants to animate and show stuff happening. Yeah. So I think that he doesn't really think through the story. So I think when I think people have to tell him like this didn't make sense. I could see that. Yeah, I, I definitely could. And I know he's not the only one writing these these stories either. So I think it depends. You know, it seems like the uh the Spielberg, the ones that he had, uh I don't know how much Spielberg had like direction or influence in in uh american tale and um it sounded like a lot and um uh land before time but those two definitely tend to narratively make a little bit more sense and you can definitely feel that i think and i didn't watch american tale either which i wish i would have rewatched. it's fun rewatch i'd recommend it still yeah and it's like the the songs in there are definitely of a higher caliber and like like the the weird thing about Rocket is like I love I love all the songs I really do but there it's in a way that's like what the fuck like they don't really gel that well together and like almost all of them are like a bunch of tough guys marching around singing a song I know <laughs> we're going down get out of our way it's the best though but i think the only memorable song from Rockadoodle is the opening like Cockadoo oh, stay away yeah, yeah. That's a good song. Sundushan, Sundushan. It's, it's a so great good. Song. Shun, 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 shun. Right before he was shunned. Um, but like, there's this part in the movie made me laugh so hard when I was watching it. There's these uh, frog like 
there there's like bodyguard guys that like surround Sean to clear and they're marching around and they suddenly so good. after not having like anything to do, they have this stupid song that they all start singing. They're doing this rough guy like walk down. Like it's like they had no like they were just were, get out of our way. Yeah, that's <laughs> we are the frogs. John DeClear's here as well. And it made me laugh that they were singing exactly like the fucking owls. Like they were just, yeah. like, they had no affiliation with them. <laughs> like, as far as I know, I guess they kind of did because they were all sort of working together. But like, they were just different tough guys that had the same kind of song that they say. Like, it would make me laugh so hard. It's like every song in that movie was just somebody like, what are you this? I know, dude. Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's... we're freaking tough. Get out of our way. <laughs> and I think the love song is good, but I can never remember what it is. I don't remember any of the songs except yeah. for the, literally the the opening song. Yeah. Like I I know that it's enjoyable to watch, but I couldn't sing any of them. Like they're all and cool. then I, yeah. I think um, Anastasia probably has all the best songs of his movies to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think the most memorable. Anyway. And then uh, American Tale, obviously, they have Never Say Never, which is huge. Um, Of course, the Somewhere Out There, which was like a billboard hit, I think, afterwards. Like, but uh, uh, like going back to like his storytelling style, like I said, I I read the IMDb. So like I was looking for some stuff while I was watching. But there was a similar situation storytelling wise that happened in Land Before Time where, you know, right after Littlefoot's mom passes away, mm-hmm. he meets up with that Stegosaurus. Like, immediately after, that kind of, like, pushes him in the right direction. Okay, yeah. So, th- I guess that is something they added, um, like, way later, just to, like, soften the blow of Little Littlefoot's mother. Because originally, he was supposed to go straight from her dying to just being like, guess I'm on my own. Yeah. So, like, they, uh, I guess that was Spielberg's... Uh, suggestion where like they're like he's gotta like meet somebody along the way like before like he goes to the past but I kind of love how they did it because it was odd like it felt very like we added this in because Littlefoot runs into the sky and then immediately he goes uh what you doing there what's this what's this what's going on and he's like oh yeah death is crazy man and they just kind of like, you gotta like yeah, find a way right. to keep going on. It, it's so funny to think about that just being added because it's just kind of like, did someone just come in and just be like, yeah, totally, man. Like, oh, she's dead. What's that? What's yeah. up with that? He reminds me of the the guitar guy in home movies that's just singing <laughs> while while people are coming up to him. He's like, hey, little boy with your yeah, red yeah. hair and your blue thing. Like, that's exactly how he sounds. Like, little yeah. boy, he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, you're oh, dead mom. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, uh, you got, I think, uh, uh, keep marching is what I'd like to say to you. Uh, yeah. What's that? What's she doing? Crying? Okay, cool. All right. Well, next scene. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not in this next scene, so I'm going to get out of here. I love it. That's so funny. Like, yeah. It, it's funny to watch like normally, but it's like even funnier just knowing that they had to add that in. Like, you're just kind of like, oh, that's so funny. It's it's funny too that Don Bluth is also just like yeah well his mom died because honestly <laughs> like it's not that like they did a good job making it you know tragic and everything but like the mom why couldn't the mom have just been on the other side of the continent and he met up with her later like I feel like I'm not saying that should have happened or it was not 
you know, meaningful to have that whole scene, but it's just like, what an interesting choice to have it that he's meeting up with his grandparents instead of just split him up with his mom. Yeah. Kind of go out on his own, figure things out, still meet up with his mom at the end. I think someone like someone had written this about him. It's not something he said himself, but they said that what he really loved to show in stories was that all this awful stuff could happen throughout a situation mm. and it could still lead to a happy ending. So I think that was his like okay. he loved to make he loved to make orphans. He loved to separate families and he loved I I think he it said he loved like immigration stories. That was like a common theme where yeah. people are coming from another country to a separate thing, getting separated, but winding up with someone like use yeah. Anastasia loses her whole family. She winds up with her grandmother. It's like, oh, but she found somebody and she was able to make it work. That's really cool. So it's yeah. yeah. Like so it's kind of like a kind of like a oh, it didn't work out the way I wanted, mm-hmm. but I can still make a happy ending out of it. Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it because I think it's like that's that's again another not very disney thing where it's like everything has to be right you know wrapped up in a nice little package where it's like here it's kind of like yeah things suck and and things like it's not like Littlefoot's gonna forget about his mom or like you know that's not gonna be hard for him now especially since he's gonna have more time to think about it but it's like it's but he it's not a sad ending either he's still he's still got with someone he still has people to care about him and he's got a new family that he kind of made and he's excited to see them and remembers his mom and i think it was also very important and interesting that as like right after she died the first thing he says is why would she do that like he blames her immediately which i thought was interesting because you don't see that very often you you usually see the character blame themselves or just be sad Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, oh, that might be a natural kid's reaction is why would she do this and then leave me? Because kids are selfish. Yeah. And they don't completely understand what's going on. Yeah. Uh, that's true. And that was a, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to look at it. And it's it sort of, it's easy to see that. I almost wish I would have uh, watched more of them because I think, I mean, three is good. Um we watch which ones did you rewatch? I rewatched Anastasia, um, Land Before Time, American Tale. I think that's it. Okay, so we each did three. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think I only did three. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I think I only did three. You didn't rewatch. Oh, and Rockadoodle, obviously. Okay. Yeah, four. So four. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's a a similar kind of theme. Um I guess in Rockadoodle, everything sort of goes back, but I, I don't think Rocket, uh, Mr. Chanticleer is going to forget quickly that they all shunned him. This such a now the people that said fraud, <laughs> show yourselves. <laughs> so, he was doing that freaking. It's hard not to think of uh, uh, Family Guy, but like again, it's just something that seems like they just probably took from this. So he's going, he's a phony. Like, yeah. in his memory, he kept saying he was a phony. That's, uh, I, I don't want to keep bringing up Simpsons, but that's another kind of parallel that he has with Simpsons, is that what what their characters tend to do is have, like, a bunch of crowd scenes mm-hmm. and then just have people shouting random shit from the crowd that sticks. Like, it's the weirdest mm-hmm. shit. Like, in American Tale, when Madeline Kahn's character gets up on her soapbox, um, there's a character in the crowd that just goes, she's rich, she's allowed to talk. 
And you're just kind of like, why would you yell that, sir? But it felt like a very Simpsons moment where it's kind of like, oh, it's show what sucks too. I'll get sucks. Yeah, it's show what sucks. <laughs> yeah, there's the uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, man, I don't know <clears throat> what else you got to say about uh, Don Maluth. Don, the, I guess the, the thing we haven't touched on yet, which is like the biggest thing I feel like, is that I felt like the also another theme with every one of his stories was. Every time you'd be like, he wanted to make this like 20 times more horrifying, but everyone else was oh, like, yeah. nope, you can do it. Yeah. You got to dial it back a little bit. Because I guess like Land Before Time had like like 10 times more horrifying scenes. Um, Anastasia and American Tale both had these like insane scenes of like pers personification of the sea, where like uh, either like a villain would like the sea would turn into a villain and like... Okay, um, crashed down and I was like how long were these scenes originally if these were the non-horrifying ones right. like what did he do <laughs> um, and it, what was also I think what stuck out to me reading like the the trivia about this stuff too is like that was the common theme he always wanted stuff to be like 10 times more horrifying he wanted mm -hmm. to show like all the bad stuff and then when it was talking about him doing like the live direction of the people in Rockadoodle like it was like every single live scene it was just kind of like don bluth had a lot of trouble with this scene because he felt bad for the cow he like felt terrible for the cow that was in the, the mud in that very opening scene of rocket doodle he's like and then he was the only one that figured out that the cow was pregnant and then he was like we gotta do everything we can to help this cow and then i guess he also freaked out about the scene with the kid where the claw comes down and pulls him under Okay. He was like, we got to make sure the kid's okay. He was like, we have one take. And if it cannot hit the kid in any way, like, no, like nothing can happen to this kid. And it's like, so he freaks out when it's real people, but he loves to tell the story when it's in animation, which makes sense. But it's like, yeah. that's the way to be. So it's yeah. like, it's so funny how careful he was with every live direction scene. Which is cool and uh, way better than most or a lot of directors are. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, just like, yeah do it and hopefully you don't die but like you could see he's obviously and i guess yeah bringing it back to the the horror stuff in it where it's like he's clearly very thoughtful about everything and i think that like yeah i think it's important to him to tell these stories and he's obviously very caring about his characters but he's obviously also willing to sort of make things uncomfortable and and like put you know be in situations that aren't are like not things that you're going to be able to get, get through easily especially as a kid because yeah like even though a lot of things in um all dogs that go to heaven didn't really stick out to me there's a scene where there he's lowering his little henchman dog's head into a piranha pit like like a pool of piranhas and they're eating his ears and it's oh like, no oh my god yeah like it's terrifying. And I remember that being terrifying. And like, that's such a Spielberg thing too, where it's like, even in the non horror movies, there's always horror elements. There's always yeah, like, you know, the face is melting off or like whatever it is, like, like, or you could even straight up consider like Jurassic Park was like a big blockbuster movie. I'd consider that a horror movie. Like it's, um, there's a lot of there's tense moments for sure like yeah. it's scary yeah like there's a lot of just things that stick out to you and just horror inside of non-horror stories but done in a way that's like 
really interesting. And then a lot of the animation becomes the stuff that sticks with me the most, just because it's so like, he's obviously, been, you know, like has a, a vision of what he wants those things to look like. That yeah. Really good at, to bringing, you know, bringing to life. Um, and you're right. I think he does it in a way where it's it's horrifying, but not traumatizing. And yeah. somehow, because like I when I was researching um, Rockadoodle, I guess there's like a famous deleted scene where the 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 Duke of Owls cooks a like a live skunk in a pie. Oh and that sounds horrifying, doesn't it? I was like, yeah, they should have fucking cut that. So like in the and then I watched I was like uh, against my better judgment I was like I'm gonna watch that I'm I'm gonna look it up and I'm gonna watch it so it's it is like at first I was like my stomach was turning because he like has this tiny skunk it's a baby skunk he's dipping it in the batter and like the skunk's kind of it's moving around and I'm like oh my god and he puts it in the pie and like the skunk pops his head out of the pie. And then all of a sudden, it's a little cute baby skunk, and then it speaks, and it's got a deep British accent. And immediately, you're like, I don't give a shit about this skunk, because he like he he pokes his head out and he goes, uh, "Don't eat me." And I was like, "Eat him! Eat him!" Eat him. <laughs> and like even like. And it, it, he doesn't even make it into the flame. Like it literally happens where he like does all the prep and then the um, annoying little owl comes in and smacks the pie and the pie flies over. So yeah. he doesn't even go into the oven. <laughs> so you're like, okay, well that, uh, first of all, he didn't go into the oven. So the right. horrifying par parts ends. But I think even up until then, I was like on board. It's like all the mice that die in um, American Tale. You're just kind of like, yeah, but they were all like uh, annoying mice. You're just kind of like, uh, they were our drunk mice it's always like a mouse that's like dripping liquor and walking around yeah. and you're like you know what shouldn't have been doing that around a bunch of cats i don't know what to tell you buddy shouldn't have done that <laughs> but it's just so funny how immediate it was that i did not care as soon as he opened his mouth i was just kind of like kill the british skunk execute him the british skunk <laughs> He probably did it to himself. He's probably <laughs> snooping around where he should have been. And got himself in trouble. He probably said something <laughs> pompous and stupid. I don't give a shit about this skunk. But yeah, that he had the same attitude as that Stegosaurus, where he's kind of like, "What's going on now, right? You guys come, don't eat me." It's he's so good at having those characters. Again, it's one of those things where just like I'm always said. So he's not the only person, especially not in animation, that does this. But I love those kind of nonchalant characters those very like whatever you know yeah like just like you know i've seen it all like yeah if i die who cares like <laughs> he's really good at, at presenting those characters and like i just i enjoy that so much and it's some grizzled like smokes 10 cigarettes you know packs of cigarettes a day like always says something like this like well <laughs> I guess it's just another day. Or I wonder they say because <laughs> I didn't look up trivia for uh, all dogs, so I wonder how much of that was added later. Where they just added a guy that's just kind of like, "This is how it's going now." Yeah, I don't how, know. This is, I guess, this is my life. I don't <laughs> know. The whole that whole movie is just a lot of very sad people and like. <laughs> 
they're they're very sad and like yeah like the two main dogs are just they kid like this little girl was kidnapped and like they did save her she was being kept in a dungeon and lord like like, tempted with going outside but like they never let her go outside she could communicate with animals so like they were trying they're rat racing and she could talk to the rats and figure out who's gonna win and these two dogs break her out and then have her talk to horses so they could win horse they did the same thing did the same thing i mean they let her stay she slept in a car like it's not like her life got that much better and then they were like trying to keep her from being uh being adopted i think i might be misremembering that but like they're just like he was trying to guilt her into something maybe he was trying to get them to adopt him too he was such a shit oh that's funny he didn't even really redeem himself i like that's what made that movie to me like there's so much of it i just didn't think like i didn't find it that visually interesting and like my voices were a little (laughs) flat and the songs were bad but like i was just like i love how shitty all these characters are (laughs) like that they don't really learn anything and like I, I should rewatch that one. Uh, I wonder how much, like, especially with songs, I'm like, I wonder if I'd start watching it and remember the songs. So I feel like those are the first things that kind of kick back in. None of them did, except there's one. There's one song that I kind of remembered, and it was the alligator and or crocodile, whatever. And it's like this this big alligator doing like it. And it sings in like the voice of the um, the Oogie Boogie Man. Okay. Exactly. And does that sort of same like New Orleans sort of like uh, Cajun drawl kind of thing. And like, I can't even remember the song now. Like, it that song's not even that good, but I remembered it. There's it, there's very catchy little tunes. Like I I think I I texted you this while I was watching it, but um, in Anastasia, there's a song that I sing in my head all the time, and I didn't remember it being from Anastasia. But it's a song that the villain sings where he's just like, in the dark of the night. And I say that to myself all the time where I'm just like walking around and I'm just like, if something, I'm just like, in the dark of the night. And I, I guess I didn't even really know what that was from. I think I even thought it was from Rockadoodle. I thought it was like with the Duke of Al song. That seems like it would be like, it's like yeah. a over from the, the Duke of Al. Um, so it's funny to watch that and be like, what the fuck? I say that all the time. But quickly on the the horror thing, because I just had a couple of uh, specific scenes that I wanted to talk about because they are, I think, truly like, you know, scenes straight from a horror movie. Um, The one from Land Before Time when Sarah is running into the collapsed um, Tyrannosaurus and and like after it, it falls, the continent splits and he falls and she thinks he's dead, which is weird anyway. This is, she's like, but but headbutting this corpse essentially. Because she's stubborn and stupid, yeah. She's yeah, and then the, it like it does that sort of like Jurassic Park thing where like you see just the eye and you see like it like the light hit the pupil and like it's that's legitimately terrifying because at that moment you're just like how the fuck like this yeah thing is huge and like she's how's she gonna get away like that's terrifying um there's a scene in in rockadoodle where there the whole farm is flooded and the pigs and various other animals are floating on on pieces of furniture 
and the owls are waiting for their flashlight to go. Oh, that's so freaky. <laughs> and they, they have the little song they sing for that too. Yeah. They're like, the light is going to go out. And you're like, it is going to go out. She's like shaking it. Oh God, yeah. it's scary. And like, they're trying to change the battery fast enough because literally if they, if that flashlight goes out, they're going to be eaten. Like, they're yeah. getting ready to kill them and they're sitting there just hovering over them and it's already terrifying because like they're trying to stay afloat and like it's like storming and and, and you can like, feel the tension yeah. yeah do you remember it reminded me of um i think it's x-files where that was the whole thing where like they had a light at the end of their block that they all had to keep on at all times or a monster would come eat them do you mm. is this like ringing bells to you yeah i think bit. it was x files but like and then like there was once it was like the opening scene of the actual episode like um they, they she's like running out there to try and change it before it goes out and it breaks and mm -hmm. she doesn't have time to change it and the monster starts coming and it's the scariest thing and it's uh. pretty much the same setup because yeah she's got the battery out trying to get it back in the flashlight because if that light goes out the owls can get them they're gonna like, come get them I don't know what they're going to do with a pig, but everybody else was in some sort of serious situation. I mean, that's a pretty big owl, and he was about to eat. Remember, he stuffed the, the apple in his mouth. He was going to eat him. Well, uh, the thing about Rockadoodle is the size proportions kind of changed throughout the entire movie pretty do. consistently, where you're just kind of like, I have no idea how big anybody is, because suddenly Lapu and that tiny little owl were the same size for a while. Oh. <laughs> <You're> just... <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was like, wait a minute, that owl is supposed to be like itty bitty and Lapu's a dog. Like we saw their proportions before. And it's like, I guess though the owl, the the Duke of Owls can change size. He Yeah, he got bigger. He frequently change the size of things. So maybe that's part of it. That's I true. Maybe um, I, we should have been living in the Duke's world. <laughs> it's all a mystery. Visually, I think Rocky Doodle's really fun. Like They're all pretty. Yeah, like I really like the animation. I I like how dark it is, and there's just yeah, there's all those moments where, like I said before, you know, I, you know, I could pin like I could think of things that visually that I remember about this movie. Nothing I saw was I like, oh, that's weird. I don't remember that, or like I don't, I, I didn't think this sequence is here. I completely forgot about this storyline. It's like everything I was like, yeah, okay. And I know yeah. also because we watched it a lot, but I just remember it's very visually striking. And like a lot of those scenes just stuck with me because we're so interesting. And the little animation ticks are very satisfying. Like I know we talked about this on a different episode when we talked about Rockadoodle, but the scene where the little, the little characters have the phone and they're talking oh, to yeah. the cat. And then the Duke takes the phone and it gets smaller as it goes up to him because it's a, it's small to him, but it's big to them. Yeah. So like you see it physically get smaller as he picks it up and then he like puts it up to his ear and it's oh, this itty bitty so little nice. phone that he's holding with his two little like uh, feathers. And you're like, oh my God, that's like so satisfying to watch. There's so much And it's just that. little shit like that yeah. that's just constant. And you're like, because like I said with the, um, I think that, Especially um, in American Tale and Anastasia, I feel like the background scenes are just as much characters as the like actual characters. They kind of move around with stuff. Yeah. So I think that you see like the especially water, and this is that's a big theme in all of them because there's all they're also yeah. like flooded 
for most of Rockadoodle as well. So you see all this motion and it's going, it's just, it's like a character in its own, just the way it's animated. Yeah, totally. Like everything. And there's so many of those little moments, like the, like the talons grabbing the phone or like just the, or the, the, uh, not pie signature. Like there's so many of these little moments that it just like stick with me because they're so visual, visually satisfying. And he's really good at that. And it's like, yeah, I just, I love rewatching these movies specifically for that. And it's like, I don't even care that the stories aren't as strong, you know, like, it's just like, because it's just like, I'm just having a really good time looking at this and, and seeing how everybody moves and like seeing the different ways that like, it's all, it's all just, um, like shaded in a really interesting way and lit in a really interesting way. And like, um, yeah, I just, I was not, uh, I don't know. Like I, it did not change anything. I thought about Rocky Doodle. I was like, this is exactly no. the movie I thought it was. Yeah. And I had a good time watching it. And it's like, it's not like the best movie, like animated movie I've ever seen, but it's like, I had a really nice time watching it and I'd watch it again. And like, yeah. Um, Oh, and then my last, uh, and I didn't even watch this and I'd be interested to rewatch it because the scene in Thumbelina, and I think this is partially why I don't like to watch it anymore, but the scene there where the beetle, um, like the villain, at least for a portion of it, I think it's Thumbelina is a little different where they don't necessarily like have a villain that runs all the way through, but there's this beetle that's like, I don't know. I couldn't tell you what he did again. I didn't see it, but he's like running some sort of like, He's like, is Thumbelina dancing for him or something? Like, oh yeah, she dresses her up like a beetle in the club, and she's supposed to be like a go-go dancer, I think. Something like that, yeah. So anyway, like the end of that part of the story, like they rip his wings off. Oh yeah, it's awful. It's horror to me. Like even talking about it right now, this is one of the most horrifying things I saw as a kid. And I remember like learning that like bees, like bees can get bee drunk like on some sort of nectar and if a bee gets bee drunk too often they will pull his legs the bee's legs off my god and i'm just like that always reminds me of it and it like i don't know if that is a specific phobia of mine or if thumbelina <laughs> was the cause thumbelina is visually upsetting i think yeah. um it's been a while since i've seen it but every time i watch it there's like I don't like the frogs. I don't. I don't like the way they move. I don't like the beetle. Yeah. Like I don't like. I. They. I barely like Thumbelina. Like it's hard to watch. It's probably the hardest to watch. I think. It's. I'm sure it's the most cruel. Like all the memories I kind of have of it, I just feel like that. Where I just like. I. It's. It's a mean spirited film. Yeah. And I. I don't know. Yeah. I. I don't necessarily want to rewatch. I don't really have a reason to now, but. Just like that's one of those things, just like with most of the things in Rockadoodle, where I'm like, I literally feel like I could watch that and it would be exactly how I'm picturing it in my head because it was just so visually striking. We that, watched it a lot. Like, that's another yeah. one where the cover is very vivid to me as well, just because I, I did trace that one all the time too. Yeah. But that, as upsetting as it was, we enjoyed it. Like, I also like that opening number, the Thumbelina. She's a puny yeah. little squirt. Thumbelina, little angel in a skirt. And then, I don't know, like, Thumbelina wasn't even very likable herself. It's just like she's kind of just had all this stuff happen to her. The prince wasn't especially likable, the fairy. 
no, like I obviously I didn't watch this again, but I remember the the frogs so well just because they were so gross to me, yeah. and it was so hard to like because I felt like it was a bunch of like watching a woman in trouble in a very specific way where you were scared to see it because like it went from her being almost forced to marry the son of this frog. So it's just a gross bullfrog that she's being forced into. And you're like, oh, gross. Like she, like they're like, yes, she's touching her and it's just so gross. And then from there, she gets thrown into the go-go dancer where you're like, oh no, she's unsafe. Like this is still a bad place for her. I don't trust this guy. So I feel like you're just constantly seeing this woman just like, be on the brink of like a sexual assault it felt like that never happened but it was on the brink constantly that's very true where it was just upsetting upsetting. (laughs) that movie really is just upsetting isn't it yeah glad we didn't rewatch it i think it would have brought the whole thing down probably Uh, i didn't even think about watching it which is funny uh, that was going to be my next one because really because you watch anastasia and and american tales so i was like well i should watch one of the other ones so i could say something about it but i'm glad i didn't um but what you were saying so i said that um before you were talking about he's not a very good storyteller and i i thought that was interesting because i like for me i i don't disagree with that but i th- i think that he's good at just allowing things to happen like you were saying before and i think that's like i i don't remember where i saw it who said it but it's like the idea that like oh, um, Star Wars didn't do very well in in um, the Chinese markets, like even the original ones, I think, because they they don't have the same hero's journey that we do. Mm. Um, and I I just keep thinking about that now when I'm watching things because it's like this stupid this hero's journey is just kind of embedded in like a lot of American media. This you know this idea that's like oh they need to like struggle and then there's redemption and then they get the thing they're after or whatever like. And like, you know, Chinese films, they're more like, well, this happens and then this happens and then this happens. Which is how Don Bluth movies happen. So the movie ends and it's like, (laughs) I really, I, I, I'm interested in that story structure a lot more, I think, just because it's like, it's interesting that like, just to kind of see a bunch of kind of smaller stories. It's like, you still get from one place to another. And like, you know, most of these movies, there are things that they sort of achieve or learn or whatever, but it's, it's less straightforward. And a lot of it is just like, well, here's a bunch of characters that are all kind of weird and like, they don't, you know, they don't really fit in very well in a lot of these situations, you know, like, and they like, they're kind of having to stick together and they're just going about their lives and doing stuff. And, you know, it ends up working out, but it's like, it's, it's very uncertain. And a lot of these where it's like, yeah, I just, I think it's just a different way. It's like, you know, it's, it's not, everything is in a very clean circle. It's like, here's, here's kind of just what you're watching somebody kind of do their own thing for a while. Yeah. And to add on to that, there were like scenes in movies, uh, in these movies where something would happen and it would literally have no effect at all. Like there's a scene in American Tale where 
uh, Fievel gets tricked into like working at the sweatshop and you think this is going to be a big deal. Like yeah. you're like, how's he going to get out of this one? He literally gets tricked into going and then just goes out the window. <laughs> so he gets tricked. He gets tricked to get in here yeah. and he's like, oh, I'm in a sweatshop now. And you're like, oh shit. Like he's got to get out of here. And he's like, uh, I do got to get out of here. And here I go. <laughs> you're just kind of like, all right, well that, that was a, a little tale. That was part of your story, I guess, but cool. Yeah. So I- it, there's stuff like that where I'm like, all right, that's over. And it's not like any, it's like you don't have to see the bad guy, like, bad guy's <laughs> pants fall down or, like, get hit by something or whatever. Yeah. It's like, they, they're they still there. The bad thing is still happening. <laughs> like, they didn't solve any sort of problem. You know, Bible didn't, didn't correct any sort of issue. He just, Except he didn't even save everybody in the sweatshop. Yeah. Freaking leaves. He's just kind of like, all right, well, I tied all these things together. I'll be out the window. He goes down. He runs. Yeah. And there's also, all these people in the sweatshop. But also, he's a child. Like, Yeah, Fievel's not a hero. He's just, he got stuck in a situation. He got out of it. Yeah, and he's like, this sucks, and I probably can't save all these people, <laughs> and I'm not going to. And I maybe didn't even register him that he needed to. Like, maybe I know. I fully understand what was going on. And that's and cool. what was funny like, too is no one else went for the rope. Like he puts this, he ties all the bed sheets together, throws it out the window, and goes out. Yeah. And then like everyone's just watching him do it. He makes one friend in there that sticks with him like afterwards. But he runs yeah. from that guy too. That guy has to find him later. But like no one else went for the window. So you're like, did everybody else stay there? Like you don't know. And no, yeah. as far as I know, we don't care. Right. <laughs> Not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, so yeah, just that's that's kind of what I was thinking earlier when you were saying that. Just like, yeah, I I agree they're not as strong, but like there's a lot of other elements that I like, uh, including like just how visually interesting it is and how they just kind of there's a lot of moments, you know, there's yeah. a lot of things in there. And just like I I just I had fun with that. You that's know, very even true. If, even if the whole thing I didn't really like, there's so many small moments that I enjoyed that it it makes up for it you know like i always kind of compare it to a sketch show where it's like it's one of those things where it's like everybody kind of agrees that like most of the sketches are trash or like don't go anywhere or it's kind of like oh you gotta you kind of gotta slug through this one to get to the next part you know And, and it's just like there's like but it's so worth it like and you almost kind of need the trash ones to make the other ones make sense because it's like yeah this is how it works this is the structure of the show you watch this you get to that one and you're like oh it's this one but you know the other one's coming and you know it like leads into it or something and it like makes it worth it because of that like i i feel like that a lot of times it's like you know there are things i'm just like i didn't really enjoy that but like there's so much in it like i'm just i'm excited to get to this part that it doesn't matter and yeah like, oh. very true like the whole is less important to me in these in these movies than just like having those little bit like those those little bits of uh, whatever to to fill it up. Yeah. Yeah. Don Bluth. I think that was a very good Don Bluth discussion. That I was doing my impression the whole time. Don Bluth. Don Bluth. Yeah. He's a Pokemon. Hey, he just says his own thing. Very far, we'll bounce you once, bounce you twice. If you get out of line, we're not very nice.